Hello, this is Mary Lindo. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast today, and my prayer is that you will be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Sit back now with a cup of tea or your favorite coffee and listen to what the Lord has to say to us today. Hello, dear child of God. This podcast is going to be a little bit different, and it's a bit difficult for me to deliver a word like this when I know that there is so much that could be misread into it. I'd like you to hear my heart as a mother in the faith and also as a mother. There is a trend that seems to be indicating that anybody between the ages of 40 to, let's say, 70 up uh, needs to move aside that the young people have the new thing of God, that something great is happening through them. And there's even a trending that there's those called to bring correction to all of those people who are older than them in the faith. Of course, if you look at the number one top-notch football coaches and basketball coaches in a secular sense, most of them are older and gray-haired and could not hit the basket for two points anymore with all the strength that they have lost and yet they are revered and honored as wise and skilled in their ability to pull a team together and cause them to be cohesive and to focus their talents as a group. So I ask you to listen to this message with your heart open to an understanding of a malicious spirit that is trying to rob the body of Christ of what God would want to do to bring young people and adults together into a unity in the faith. There are spirits on the loose in the earth right now that are trying to cause trends of not only rebellion, but a great amount of mockery and disrespect for the things that God has put in foundation and in order to keep our children safe. So with that, let's begin this podcast. There is a dangerous trend blooming much like a dandelion in the body of Christ that needs to literally be nipped in the root and in no way approached with a cowering spirit. Somehow, it's now a trending youthful call from God to be a cutting-edge voice that is set to correct the current fathers and mothers in the body of Christ. Hmm. Well, I don't care how popular or trendy any movement is, or any individual who is a gifted speaker is. If they have been given the privilege to address the body of Christ on any stage, in any pulpit, or in any gathering, They are to be judged and held accountable by those in leadership for their actions and their choices when they speak to others. Now, I'm addressing specific situations where a youngish man or woman is allowed to speak in a meeting and begins to demand that the crowd responds according to their commands. There should never be even the hint of demeaning another generation of leaders publicly or a shaming and finger-pointing message aimed at somehow breaking the people and getting them to be stirred up to do something. Whatever that something might be, if people are shamed into action, then it is truly not God's will or God's plan. So who gets to address people from the podium? You know, there's a lot to be said about not quickly allowing a novice or newcomer to your team to have absolute access to speak into the hearts of those who gather to hear of the specific and most hopefully God-ordained vision that you as a leader have been commissioned and assigned to serve and honor. In 1 Kings 12, 
Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men who had stood with Solomon, listening instead to the young men who grew up with him, and it divided the kingdom. Hear that. Pride can cause a novice, who is actually termed a new planting, meaning still not having put down roots, to defend themselves and their more potent message. Pride can cause them to look down on others, and if you allow it, pride will rob them of the most treasured mentoring relationships in their lives. So let's take a look at when another generation mocks the words of God. In 2 Kings 2.23, it says Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some childish boys came out of the town and jeered at him. Get out of here, baldy, they said. Get out of here, you old bald man. He turned around, looked at them, and he called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled the 42 boys. The word for children in this verse is translated as persons of 30 or 40 years of age. And though these are called little, they were so well grown as to be able to go out of the city by themselves without anyone to guide them or to take care of them. And they were at an age capable not only of taking notice of Elijah's baldness, but knew he was a prophet. They were able to know what good and evil was, and from a malicious spirit inside of them, they mocked at him. Some Jewish writers say they were called narim, which means children, because they had shaken off the bond-keeping people close of the commandments, and little because they were of little faith. They mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head, go up, you old baldy, meaning not up the hill to Bethel, where his coming was not really welcomed, since most of the people were idol worshippers. And maybe these children were sent out to intimidate him with their jeers to keep him from entering the city. They had heard about Elijah going up to heaven, so they jeeringly told him, go up to heaven after him. And then they would have gotten rid of both of them. Who needs that old man telling us what to do? At the same time that they were mocking him for his baldness and making a funny story of the wondrous works of God, the taking up of Elijah into heaven, which by behaving so disrespectfully to a white-haired head, a prophet of the Lord, was terribly wicked, and therefore opened up the door to an external attack from a destructive force, two full-grown she-bears who consumed them. Folks, there are consequences from mockery and deception. Before a man or a woman can look down on another, they must first assume that he or she is better than the person they are speaking against. A proud man or woman is suspicious of everyone else. A humble man or woman is more suspicious of their own heart than anyone else. The proud heart will detect defects in others before him, but a humble soul sees the evil in his or her own heart before they ever see evil in others. You see, conceit and pride are the greatest enemies to spiritual growth. Newly acquired knowledge often leads to pride rather than wisdom. And this is often true with the novice. There's no surer way to fall into sin than to allow pride to lead us into putting confidence in ourselves rather than God. This type of pride always leads to destruction because it robs us of God's power to stand against temptation. 
What we accomplish as members of the kingdom of God is done by the power of God. The novice begins thinking that what he or she accomplishes is his or her own doing. You see, the people in Corinth had been developed in every way as well with the knowledge of God. But pride in what they knew was about to lead to their destruction. Knowledge can be mistaken for maturity, but true knowledge is designed to bring us to maturity. When we parade our freedom before others in an effort to reveal how much we know, we reveal our immaturity and are treading on dangerous ground. Knowledge put on public display leads to revelry and scattering. You see, true knowledge brings the restful discipline of self-control. Paul's knowledge of God led him to lead a disciplined life for the benefit of himself and others. Humbling ourselves is the only way to get the roof off towards God and the walls down toward our fellow man. Once offenses have been committed, whether intentional or unintentional, they must be dealt with. I was wrong. I am sorry. Will you forgive me? Are healing words that only a humble soul would use. Whenever you find a man willing to be humble themselves or a woman before God and man, you have found a person who will be exalted because humility comes before honor. Remember that some men's sins are obvious and are equally obviously bringing them to serious judgment. The sins of other men might not be apparent, but are dogging them, and nevertheless, they're under the surface. Similarly, some virtues are plain to see, while others, though not at all conspicuous, will eventually make themselves be felt. That's 1 Timothy 5, 24-25. 1 Timothy 5, 1-2 says, Don't reprimand or publicly talk down to a senior leader in your church, honoring him as a father by first showing respect and humility. Treat the young men kindly as brothers, and the older women as nurturing mothers, and treat the younger women as sisters and nothing more. Let's contemplate in our hearts places where we have assumed that we know more, or that we are able to dismiss and mock others who are not perhaps living the way we live, or have what we have, or flow in the things of the Spirit the way we see fit. You see, until we are all willing to turn our gaze away from ourselves in the mirror and our ideas of God, and instead look face to face with Him, nothing's going to change in the body of Christ when it comes to unity. Let's pray together about this right now. Well, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we are fully aware that there is a tremendous upheaval in the earth. Father, people are mocking and jeering at the Christian faith and heinous acts are being created and acted out. And Lord, yet your body still fights and competes and postures for position. So we bow before you right now, together. We ask you to come and cleanse us, Father, from presumption. And Lord, we pray for those that are coming up in ministry, in business, in the marketplace, Father, where they're placed, that you will warn them and cause them to understand without wise ears to hear training and to learn from the experiences of others, they will go headlong into great mistakes. Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, 
and slow speech when it comes to our opinions about what we think others should be doing. We love you, Lord, more than life. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would forgive us for our pride and our acts of unkindness towards others when we feel that we are not getting our own way. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who loves us enough to correct us and to straighten those crooked paths in our lives. Father, I bless those listening today in Jesus' name, and I ask that you guide them into all truth. Amen. Well, I hope this podcast was informative, and I know it was challenging. Uh, If you have anything that you would like to share from this, I ask that you would use full content and not take my words out of context. If you have interest in listening to any other podcasts, they're all free. You can go to my website at www.marylindo.com and there you'll find other resources. I bless you today and I ask that you would continue to seek the will of God with a wide open heart to His plan in Jesus' name.